To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers podcast, episode 112. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to discuss what we discuss best, and that's sports. The crew is back, man. How y'all fellas feeling? Great, man. Ready to rock the episode 112. 112. That's a group, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm ready to, rock, ready to rock it, though, man. You gonna sing a couple of notes for us? Nah, nah. Maybe next episode. <laughs> yeah, nah, man. I'm feeling good, too, as well. Uh, been a pretty good week for a couple of teams that are represented on this podcast so uh i'm just ready to get it rolling ready to get talking about it i i'm not gonna hold it up much longer man let's get into it los look concerned when you said that <laughs> but i'm not gonna hold it too much longer get some things out of the way make sure you're following us on our social media handles o underscore bench warmers twitter and instagram uh, Facebook, just search opinionated bench warmers make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast opinionated bench warmers on apple Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And we're also on Spotify. But mostly if you just Google us, you can find us. Make sure that you leave a review if you enjoy this episode. We're going to jump right into it with the biggest news. Of course, we've had a bunch of QB carousels going on, but we'll discuss the biggest. And, of course, that's none other than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was traded from the Houston Texans to the Cleveland Browns. In shocking fa fashion, after reports have been brewing all week that the Saints and the Falcons were finalists for him, but Cleveland, though that was the winner, uh, they but they gave up a lot to get him. Uh, hopefully, it's worth it. They gave up a, a first rounder, uh, which was there this year. Uh, that is the 13th pick in the draft. They gave up uh, also a fourth rounder in this year's draft. They gave a future third rounder in, in 2023. They gave up a first round in 2024 and a fourth round in 2024 as well. And then uh, Cleveland received a sixth rounder in the 2024 season as well as Deshaun Watson. Uh, once he got to Cleveland, he signed a historic deal uh, that is $230 million guaranteed, the most guaranteed money signed, I think, ever. Yeah. So you're seeing this trend. It led to a lot of controversy. I know how I felt as a Saints fan because I, I thought we had it in the bag. I thought it was all but done. You know, my you guys were talking to me last week. I felt my energy. I thought it was all but going to happen. But then when it didn't happen, because I thought it was going to happen this past uh, probably like Friday morning, and he said he needed time over the weekend. I'm like, okay, maybe he's leaning towards Atlanta. He want to play at home. You see in the reports of Atlanta rappers reaching out to him. So I thought he's leaning that way. Then we, the bombshell just dropped Saturday that he would be headed to Cleveland. 
And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it's a lot to unpack here. But uh, initial, y'all, I just told you my initial reaction, but what were you, you guys' initial reaction? Complete shock for myself. Just complete shock. I mean, I get it, but my initial reaction was just complete shock. Yeah, for me too. It was the same for me. Uh, I was definitely shocked by it. Like you said to me, all reports have been showing either heavy lean with the Saints or with the Falcons. And so pretty much once you saw really rolling into Thursday, kind of Cleveland being kicked out of the mix and seeing also Carolina being kicked out of the mix, I didn't really think that either of those teams had an opportunity. And then as just happened to be scrolling, you know, social media on Friday, you saw, hey, the big announcement that, boom, Deshaun Watson was heading to Cleveland. And uh, like you said, it, it was definitely a blockbuster. I think also too earlier, forgetting there was one additional first rounder in there as well. It was three first round picks that they are sending. So, uh, so yeah, it, it's definitely was a blockbuster. Definitely was a shocker. Yeah, I mean, when I think about it though, it's it's one of those things where it's like um, the Browns had to do something different. The Browns had to offer that, as you mentioned, Rob, about them having the most guaranteed money in NFL history. They've been in a situation where, at least in my lifetime, I can't even think of a good Browns quarterback, <laughs> which is crazy. That's 30 years of living. You know, I cannot think of a good Browns quarterback that's brung that team far. So they had to do something different. They think about the location of Cleveland. It's not the most beautiful. It's not the most enticing place to be, if we're being honest. So they had to offer that much money in order to bring in something different. So I get the move. I get the move as and he was paid that much because, um, I mean, if I'm in his situation who's pending court court stuff and legal issues, I'm going to take the money where it's guaranteed no matter what happens in the end. I'm going to take that money. It's guaranteed. You cannot take that from me no matter how long I'm suspended. Yeah, and I think that that was the key thing as well is that they put certain protective clauses in there as you were saying that, you know, none of that will affect his money at all, basically, that he will still be guaranteed, even as, if he has to go through a process of being suspended, if anything else comes out or anything, you know, is quote unquote confirmed, uh, they put very protective measures in there. Uh, but I think what happened is that they knew, just like we all knew that, honestly, the Saints and the Falcons were the front runners and they knew that they had really fallen behind. And so they did whatever was necessary for them to get back into it. You know, those those reports were not false reports of who was leading the charge. Those reports were not false about kind of Cleveland falling back and, and being out of the mix. But what they did was they didn't just rest and how we all thought that, OK, they didn't been kicked out. They need to move on, figure out what they're going to do. They went back to it because, of course, too, they had the Baker Mayfield situation sitting there as well, where, of course, there's unrest there. There's a lot of conflict going on and they knew, hey, with this, we can't go back to Baker Mayfield at this point. So we got to go all in, go as far in as we can and um, it ended up paying off for him. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think that, you know, just like you said, I think uh, Houston deserves a lot of credit, you know, because they held him out. They held him out the complete last year, even throughout his controversies, which we'll get into the, the, the silver suits. Uh, in just a moment, but they, you know, they have a, just like you said, they have, I mentioned the Deets, they have three first round picks in the next three consecutive years. And that's huge. You can build a, a team with that. I don't think the Browns would be that bad, but you still can get great picks in the first round one through 32. 
picks in the first round, you're going to get uh, an awesome talent uh, depending on what you need. So uh, the, the Texans, I mean, they 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 need a quarterback, but um, they they saying that they're going to build behind David Mills. I don't know um, Davis Mills. Did I say his name right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, he showed a little bit. He showed a little bit as a backup. I don't know him about building around him, but he's not that guy. I mean, but neither here nor there. But what's interesting here is that there is a lot of controversy, which I alluded to with him. Of course, uh, it was re- it was recently announced, which this domino effect happened, where uh, teams showed interest. Over thirteen teams reported interested in Deshaun because. He will not be um, charged criminally. The criminal charges were dropped, but he do have 22 uh, law uh, pending civil rights. I mean, I'm sorry. Civil suits. Civil suits pending right now at the moment that has to be resolved. Uh, Of course, uh, if you haven't read up on it, we've discussed it on this podcast. We know for obvious reasons, Uh, but there is controversy and people are, are saying, hey, you know, you can, you know, the NFL, here they go again. They don't care about, you know, they don't care about women. They don't care about what a player's behavior, if they're talented. You're seeing the narrative. And, of course, even though there's 13 other teams that wanted Deshaun, of course the Browns going to get the bulk of the heat because they were the one that got the deal done. But, I mean, just you guys' thoughts on that. I mean, the thoughts on the NFL and this. Yeah, I guess chiming into it, um, really – from the aspect, I think that it, it's really just been a tough space to be in. You know, part of it was they had to go through the initial process of potentially the criminal proceedings. And um, with them not really going to a point of indictment, then it kind of put him in a, in a place of limbo, in a place where, you know, nothing has been, no charges have been um, completely sought through, you know, with him. And so, I I believe it's just a tough spot. Like it, he hasn't been convicted of anything at this point. I think that if anything had been obviously like proven and that there had been um, anything that he was convicted of, obviously we wouldn't be talking about this. And so with that being said, with his situation changing, I mean, it left the market open. And like you said, there were several teams that were interested. So it's like a lot of stuff is falling back on the Cleveland Browns right now that to me, I wasn't hearing a ton discussed as, you know, there were so many contenders getting out there. Now, as soon as Cleveland makes the move, people are saying, I, you know, I can't see how they would do something like that. I can't believe that they would do something like that when there were a ton of suitors out there. And so I think that honestly, we have to see the process, let it see its way through, let it see its way out. You know, we have to still see how these pending uh, civil suits, uh, how they progress. And so I think that all of our eyes will be on that. And I think that it, if anything goes in a negative direction with that, then the just cause and the just action will take place on the back end of that. See, and this, this is the thing. And this is, it honestly is upsetting me because, you know, really people are pretty much painting them as guilty before he even get a fair shot or get a trial or even get a shot. You know, it's America where the black man is guilty until proven innocent, you know, and I just and that's what upsets me about all these people. And and the reports coming out that, you know, some of the highest donations have been donated to, uh, you know, rape, you know, different things like, again, I don't know. I'm not going to judge a man on something that we don't know. We weren't there. We don't know the full facts. We don't know if this is a money grab from the other side. 
I just think it's one of those things where let the process play through, as you mentioned, Ramon. Let, let, let's let the pro process play through. Let's not judge this man. Let's not paint him as guilty when we don't know the full story, when we don't know if these people are just trying to jump on board and get some money. So, again, America, where the black man is guilty until proven innocent, I just hate it. And I just hate it. And it's something that we need to change and we need to change the way of thinking when it comes to these cases. That's not just because something comes up, somebody accuse them of something automatically think they're guilty yeah and of course for regards if they are if there are victims of course we're not on board with any of the you know anything that he's being accused of if it is true if, if they are truly a victim but like you said you have to you do have to let the process um play its way through but outside of that it's just a hypocrisy what do you, what do you expect any differently from the nfl or any any of the teams like They've shown a historic, historic view of how they feel about issues and what's important to them. You know, ironically, you got Calvin really get suspended um, the whole season for compromising um, the integrity of the game. And then you got, you know, Ray Rice, they was going to let him play if the video didn't, evidence didn't come out of him domestically abusing his wife in the elevator. And then you have Adrian Peterson who didn't get that many games. My point is, is, do we expect any different? And I don't understand why people expect the NFL to take that type of stance. I do think that the plight, you know, that they have, but I, it doesn't surprise me. Um, but like you said, I mean, he, he hasn't been proven. Let's wait to see. All the facts aren't out yet. You know, so let's not crucify the man before we can listen to what, what happened and what actually happened. So that's that's kind of my, my take on it. Um, but Clearly, the Browns did their due diligence, they said, and they're going to take a chance on him. And um, they got themselves a franchise quarterback, a very good one at that. Uh, I expect him to face some type of suspension, uh, depending on what's going to happen. I, I expect him to get some type of suspension, but it may, it must not be that significant for them to pay that much money for him. So we'll continue with the QB carousel. Uh, it was just announced today. I'll let Ramon have the floor. Uh, Y'all uh, have your franchise quarterback. Uh, hair apparent after trading away Carson Wentz uh, and Matt Ryan. Uh, the Falcons uh, traded him away um, for a third-round comp pick. Um, and the interesting part, NFL history is continuing to be made because the Atlanta, Fox, the Atlanta Hawks, for trading away Matt Ryan, will take on a $40.5 million dead cap charge, which is the most in NFL history. So another historic, this has been a, a kind of a historic NFL offseason. But you're a Colts fan, Ramon. We're going to let you have the floor. How do you Man, feel about first, your uh, franchise quarterback? Uh, first off, you were crossing over the sports right there just then. <laughs> we're seeing well, the Atlanta uh, Hawks. Oh, because they're playing right now. I'm watching Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> Getting the birds mixed up, huh? The Hawks the playing the, yeah, the Hawks playing the Knicks right now, so I got it mixed up. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons. Traded away Matt Ryan in exchange for a third round compensatory pick from. Uh, it's the just a, it's just a third round pick. It's just a third round pick. Oh, okay. The, uh, okay. Yeah, third round pick uh, from the Colts. Uh, obviously, it was one of those things that uh, over the course of this offseason, the Colts had been one of the teams that were obviously in the QB market uh, after that trade with the Washington Commanders of, of trading Carson Wentz, and so everyone knew that. Really, honestly. The Colts were going to be a team that were going to benefit in some type of way from this Deshaun Watson situation and this Deshaun Watson saga. 
We knew that we wouldn't be involved in the mix with being in the same division as the Houston Texans. Uh, they let us know that up front. Pretty much don't even send an offer. Like, we're not even going to acknowledge y'all. So we knew we wouldn't be in the mix with that, but we knew some type of way uh, our QB would probably come, you know, as kind of almost a residue from the Deshaun Watson deal. Either, of course, you know, how Matt Ryan, how his uh, feathers got ruffled uh, throughout the course of it. We knew that, you know, potentially if Deshaun Watson went to uh, the Saints, what implications that could have. And I'm not going to steal your thunder with what's coming with that. And then we know that the whole Cleveland situation that would put Baker Mayfield in the market. And so we knew it would probably be three viable names uh, and end up resulting in Matt Ryan, who I think is uh, coming at a time where he can really come and be slightly better uh game man slightly better than just a game manager from the team and the team can still be successful you have the components um in the backfield with jonathan taylor and honestly i believe that naheem hines is someone that can be used in a greater uh aspect and so you have things from the run game perspective your offensive line is built out pretty well still do need to get a left tackle which is a big concern but still need to flesh that out but overall have a solid offensive line you have your number one wide receiver and michael Pittman. need to surround that with probably one or two other guys uh i believe and so you have the the uh, surrounding parts your defense is is pretty solid and set on that side and so matt ryan just comes to uh slide in and um help this team in in the tough afc you know i'm not gonna say this move is making us day one a super bowl contender but it, it puts us in that mix in the afc like we have seen over the course of this offseason what the AFC West is looking like. We already know, you know, with the Tennessee Titans being in the AFC South, what that prevent, presents. We talked about all the young quarterbacks. And so uh, I think that Matt Ryan coming over as a guy that's a, a former MVP, a guy that has guided his team to the Super Bowl before, um, he's shown us throughout the course of his career that, you know, he is a, in the upper echelon of quarterbacks in the top half you know, within the league, and he's a guy that can get it done. And so I think that it was a great move, and it's a move that needed to be made. Yeah, I mean, you get a guy that's a former MVP, a guy that's brought his team to the Super Bowl. We all know the score and what happened in that Super Bowl, but we cannot blame him for that, you know. Um, but you get that, and you can bring that steadiness. You know, we look at Matt Ryan the last few years, and everyone kind of think on that. You know, it's always recency bias. But Matt Ryan hasn't had a good team around him. He hasn't had a good defense for him to protect him. He hasn't had his weapons have been in and out. You know, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. You know, you think about all those guys and you think about even his run game has been inconsistent. They had a receiver turned into a running back, which he played well. Don't get me wrong. He's played well. But again, you they haven't had a for sure consistency on that team around him um, really you know, as far as even coaching as well, you know, switching in and out. So it'll be good to see him get into an environment now where he has all those things that you mentioned now, where he can really sit back there and, you know, manage the game and also make some some plays. He still see if that arm is still there and can get the ball down the field. And I don't think the Colts are done as far as wide receiver. You know, they still definitely need some help there. And I think, you know, it, even if they go the young route in the draft, you know, there's some good prospects out there that can be had the second round and on that they can bring in, which they got Michael Pittman in the second round, an absolute steal, and who's turning out to be a number one guy. So I like the Colts and what they did, and I love the move of Matt Ryan. I, I really love the move of Matt Ryan. You know, I'm not calling it the Matthew Stafford 
of this offseason. But, you know, I am saying that, you know, it is putting them in the mix. You know, I got them just missing the playoffs, you know, just because the AFC is just that hard. What about you, Ramon? Hey, man, I was just about to point out <laughs> the, fact just skip said, me. the fact that you I said you get in on you. you to skip over me. Just the fact that you over. said you, you like the coats, I was about to point that out. And then you just went with the whole backhanded kind of compliments. Uh, not quite Matthew Stafford, uh, just missing the playoffs. And then expect me to respond to that in a good way. Nah, but uh, the, the thing about it, just, just right quickly before, you know, so we won't make this a, the A-B thing. We're going to make sure we get to the C as well, Rob. My my bad on that. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> uh, man. Jeez. Uh, but the thing about it is that, you know, it puts you in a place where obviously the division is terrible in AFC South. You really are contending with uh, the Tennessee Titans. And so if you can find a way to, you know, outperform the Tennessee Titans, then you have your playoff spot there. So you really are as, as good of a position as any of the other teams, because what they're going to face in their specific divisions is they're going to beat up each other the entire year. So, yeah, I mean, I like the move for y'all. I'm gonna be quick. Y'all covered it all. Um, I think that when you can get a guy with his pedigree, um, I mean, he has a remarkable career, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he has a lot in the tank still. I don't think he's declining, especially how long quarterbacks are lasting at this point. And we'll get to that later on the pod, but. You know, it's just, you know, I think you got a, a solid foundation at quarterback. Y'all had y'all been stumbling to find that answer since Andrew Luck left you guys. And I think that y'all finally got it right this time. Y'all got somebody that ain't going to duck off on y'all. Y'all got somebody for at least the next the legitimate next three to five years, in my opinion, barring any major injuries. And we know that y'all offensive line is, is pretty stellar. So, I mean, you put you put him with um, – uh, goodness, why I can't think of his name? Michael Pittman? Pittman? No, the running back. Oh, you're talking about Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, you put in with Jonathan Taylor. You're off to a great start off the bat. So congratulations, Ramon. I know that you are glad that that – I know y'all have a little bit more work to do in finding some weapons, but, you know, at least y'all got y'all quarterback out of the way. Are they a playoff team, though? Nobody answered that. Yes. I think so, too. I mean, just like he mentioned, I mean, that that division is weak, so – I mean, I, I, I think they could squeak in with a wild card, especially with the expansion of the playoff format. You know, I think they can get in. Um, so we'll move on to another team that found it, my Saints. We finally found our uh, quarterback after going through a little, little bit of rubbish. We was up and down Wednesday. I thought Deshaun Watson would be my quarterback going forward, and I get on the podcast with a big smile on my face. But I still have a smile on my face. We signed Jameis Winston to a 28 million dollar contract I think that it was a good sign and he's familiar with the franchise I think that he doesn't have to worry about Taysom Hill which is huge being reported that we won't be involved in that Taysom Hill quarterback experiment he's going to be the guy he's going to have a full offseason knowing he's the guy and he's they say that he's gonna he's gonna recover from that knee, knee injury and will be ready for training camp so it's gonna, I think it's an excellent excellent signing. Um, I think none but other than him. I think the only way we lost with it when striking out on Deshaun Watson was if we lost Jameis in the process. But Jameis stayed loyal, even though he knew that we were trying to um we we're trying to lure Deshaun to us, but he stayed loyal, he stayed in there, he paid off, we paid him, and he's gonna be our guy going forward. Yeah, man, I I, I love it. I think um 
you know, you look at the how he started the year last year, you know, going taking his team to five and one start. And obviously, as we mentioned, getting hurt, uh, you know, Halloween day, um, you know, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. That's nothing in the NFL. He was playing lights out, you know, even in that game when he got hurt, he was playing well. And so, you know, you get him in this system, you get him a full offseason and he's set behind Drew Brees. We forget that as well. And, you know, he we saw a patient Jameis Winston. You know, you know, it was times where he here and there he wasn't as um, you know, a gunslinger and taking chances. You know, he was taking the check down last year. We saw that patience from him. And so it'll be interesting to see how he returns from this injury. That's the biggest question mark. But he showed that he has the talent, you know, and the only James Winston's only problem in his career has always been the interceptions. He has the arm. He can make every throw. Um, you know, he, he could be mobile when he needs to be, you know, not saying that he's any big or anything like that, but he's mobile when he needs to be. And, you know, I think not only that, you're getting a Michael Thomas back this year. He actually has a number one weapon. He put up those numbers last year without his number one weapon. So I like that. And I like the moves. I like what the Saints are doing. And we all always can talk about their defense. He's going to have a defense that support him. So I think it was a, a no, no brainer to bring him back in there. If you miss out on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I like the stability, you know, that is brought to the organization. You know, obviously, with Sean Payton exiting in the offseason, it's been really important for them to kind of keep that culture in place, keep a lot of their, you know, big time guys uh, remaining around. And so you saw that with the head coaching hire, you know, keeping him in the fold. And I think it was important to keep that kind of continuity with, with keeping Jameis Winston in the fold. Y'all have already talked about it, alluded to it, of who he is as a quarterback. Like you said, the only question mark that was ever there was really the interceptions. And so if you prevent him from turning the ball over, you have you uh, a guy that is going to be really stable uh, for the franchise going forward and a guy that even beyond this initial contract, you probably at a certain point, once you see how he returns back from injury and all that, can probably commit to even long-term. And so... Um, Hats off, you know, he was a guy that I had on my radar, honestly, as a Colts fan. Uh, and so, you know, I knew kind of once the Deshaun Watson situation went the way that it went, I knew that he would probably end up back in New Orleans. But um, hats off to y'all. I know you're glad to kind of have that, uh, you know, and not be worried or concerned about that anymore. Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. And one of the things that I pay attention to is how your franchise or your superstar reacts. And it appears that MT made a post on Instagram that he's excited about it, that he's excited to have Jameis there. Um, I was talking to Los this about what's interesting is, is how much has changed already since Sean Payton has retired. It seems like he really kind of had sort of a chokehold on this franchise. He truly believed that Taysom was a quarterback. And even after proving time and time again that he was not a franchise quarterback, he's nothing more than a gadget player. But with the franchise where reports coming out that they're deliberate about Taysom Hill and him not being under center, it lets us know that Sean had a lot to do with us signing Taysom to these weird deals, to this big money. For some reason, he just was enamored by Taysom Hill and it was holding us back. And who knows, even with MT and, you know, how at first in the last season, we didn't know if he necessarily wanted to be in the ones. And after Sean is gone, it seems like he's been more active with the who that's in recommitting to the franchise. So it's just interesting there. I don't know where there's smoke, there's fire. So I just thought I just thought that was interesting. I don't know if y'all had some thoughts on that. Yeah, no, nah, I think you I think you covered it uh, really well. Honestly, you know, hopefully 
they're out to a good season. You know, I guess I would present that same question that you presented with the Colts. You know, are the Saints a playoff team this upcoming year? What I think I, I think definitely. When you look at us last year, we didn't have a quarterback. After James went down in Halloween night, we still was on one game away, a quarterback away from making it to the playoffs and squeaking in still. So I, I think most certainly with that defense, uh, with us being able to retain Chauncey going to Johnson, because I think he all but was gone if we was get to Sean. He was going to be a part of that deal. Um, but he's he's back and he's committed more than ever. Um, we did look, I do, it is reported that we lost Armstead just now to Miami to a five-year deal, but that doesn't hurt me. You know, he was great when he was on the field, but he, when he was on the field, and which yeah. he, if you look at him, he barely played for us. So, um, so it, it's the, you, you're going to lose some players, but I think us being able to keep our main nucleus, of course, we lost Marcus Williams, but again, you, you hear me say it. I mean, the guy averages – if there was a prop 0.5 blown coverage for the game, I'm taking it every game because he's going to have a blown coverage some kind of way. So we were able to replace him with Marcus May, who is a little cheaper. They came out at the same time, the same age, but the, the production is a little drop off, but stats are fluff. He's a solid, solid safety. And I mean, I think we're going to be good, man. I think we're going to be in the thick of things next year. Yeah, I think for sure. I think for sure the Saints make it to the playoffs next year. I mean, you look at, the NFC alone has been weakened. Everybody's sending their quarterbacks to the AFC. You know, the Seahawks aren't as good. You know, the 49ers are looking to start Trey Lance in this first year. Who knows what that'll look like? The Packers no longer have Devontae Adams. So you look at that alone, you know, the Saints have been one of the teams to really keep most of their key guys in place, unlike the rest of those teams. So when I look at that, I'll say the Bucks. I'll say the Saints end up, you know, both of those teams make it to the playoffs from that division. You know, not discounting obviously the other teams in that in that division, but they're not as strong. You know, they they got some work to do. One quick little final question on Jameis Winston: over or under one and a half more Jameis Winston workout videos before the season gets started? <laughs> over, always, over, over, over. It's an easy over. <laughs> Looking awkward as ever in the video. I don't care what y'all say. He's doing that on purpose. There ain't no way he looked that awkward. <laughs> but anyway, good stuff. As we can see on the QB carousel, of course, we got Carson Wentz to the commanders, which is – that doesn't move the needle for me with them. But who's lost in the fold is Baker Mayfield. How does it feel for your team to just be openly trading for a franchise quarterback? Basically, Deshaun Watson, Debo, Baker Mayfield out of the franchise quarterback position. And now he's left. No one seems to want him. The Panthers just came out and said they don't have any interest in him. Like, I mean, you would think that the Seahawks, I thought he was going to end up in Indiana, but clearly I got Matt, y'all like Matt Ryan better. What do y'all think Baker ends up? <laughs> I, I mean, I was thinking on this today, you know, and I think the best scenario for Baker is to go and sit behind a guy like Tom Brady, right? And take and swallow the bullet and say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be a star in this league. The Texans obviously don't want him because he would have been a part of that package to bring him over there, right? You know, so, um, and then you think about the Panthers. They said, no, they have no interest. They'd rather just probably roll with a young guy and Sam Darnold or even Cam Newton, who knows what that'll look like over there. But, you know, I think he go and sit behind a veteran. Go sit behind a veteran that's about to walk out the door. You know, the Steelers would have been an interesting situation, but I doubt that they trade him within the AFC over there, 
you know. So, again, I say they send him to a spot where he can sit a year, humble himself, you know, because, again, I think he thinks he's – James had to humble himself. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, again, I think he thinks he's better than what he really is. He hasn't put on. And, you know, I think Stephen A. Smith said it better. He had more commercial than he had throwing touchdown this year. And it's just crazy because he – we he did have a lot of hype coming into the league. Now I know again he probably shouldn't have went one, but he had a lot of hype coming into the year. And we thought he had all the pieces around him with Odell, with Jarvis, with that good defense, and those two running backs and Kareem Hunt. He had all the pieces in place, and he still that team still felt like it was not a good team. So again, yo yo, it, with him going to Pittsburgh, him them Pitt. What do you think about he, you think Mitch Trubisky over? Baker no, no, no. Trubisky is the starter. I'm saying somewhere where he has a shot to start. No, but I'm so, saying, no, what, what are your saying, thoughts on him? Yeah. Them choosing Mitch Trubisky over Baker Mayfield. They had the opportunity to go get Baker. Yeah. They chose Mitch. That's crazy. To me. Yeah, that tells you. That tells you everything. You know. I, and I, I and I think and here's the thing too that came out about Mitch Trubisky. The Steelers want to be able to have a mobile quarterback that came out that they want to do a lot of running run oh, yeah, so, type Mitch. <laughs> so they couldn't do that with Baker. It's almost like having big Ben back there. Baker is not that athletic of a guy to really run like Mitchell Trubisky does. Yeah. And I think with Baker too, it also goes to the kind of the off the field of locker room type stuff. Like people don't really view him as a leader in this league. And so um, when you're not really producing on the field, when you're not just, you know, out there throwing 40 touchdowns, all that kind of stuff like that. And when you're combining that with the fact that people think that you're kind of immature, people feel that you, you know, a little cocky, a little conceited, uh, a little arrogant. Uh, people feel that you're not really a true leader within the locker room at the position where you do really need to be a leader in the locker room. Um, it just adds up to all of that. And so I think that's why you see a team like, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, in addition to what you were mentioning with the run game uh, thing, but also to just the intangibles, the leadership and all of that, people don't see that in Baker right now. And so I think that it does give credence to your point of him going and sitting behind a guy that does possess those uh, those qualities and then kind of seeing where he lands from there or seeing if, you know, if Tom will eventually hang it up, maybe half the next season or something. And give <laughs> Who knows with that guy? Who knows <laughs> right. with him? So, All right. so my my two guesses, I don't know if you guys want to throw guesses out there. I, I think I said the Bucks or the Giants for him. I think those are the two positions where he either has a shot to start with Daniel Jones, who hasn't played really good, and or he sits behind a vet like Tom Brady. I don't know but what the, you guys think. I know franchise is live, but the franchise say they're committed to Daniel Jones still. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. My guess would be Seattle. I, I still think he probably has okay. some, some yeah. glimmer. I think he ends up there. That that's what makes the most sense to me. Yeah, that um, would have been my guess as well too, Seattle. Okay, all right. So Mitchell Trubisky, real quick. I know he the uh, QB carousel Pittsburgh. That didn't make sense to me. I heard I heard a couple of analysts say that he's never been given a fair shot by landing in Chicago. Uh, he's paid again. That's a guy that paid his dues. Sat behind Josh Allen for a season. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, are y'all? That's that's the apparent. That's a, the parent hair to take over for, for Big Ben retiring. Yeah, you know what? That spot kind of is interesting to me. I really want to see how he plays there in Pittsburgh. I'm not saying he's good. He wasn't good with Chicago for obvious reasons. He looked good in the preseason for the Bills, and that was really the only time he got a shot. 
you know, but, you know, was that really a knock on Pittsburgh really not knowing what to do with him and not a, not not knowing how to develop him? I think that's what the league is thinking. Like, hey, Pittsburgh, I mean, I'm sorry, Chicago didn't give him the right tools, didn't develop him correctly. All right, let's bring him in over to our spot. We think that we can develop him correctly, use his legs, put him in the right spots to be successful. I think he has all the weapons there. I think they have a good defense there. I think this – I think it's interesting. I think he's going to be better than what people expect, honestly. I agree. I think that uh, he will be better. I think him having the time to to take a step back, to sit behind Josh Allen for a little while, will pay dividends. But, I mean, it's not a, a sign in that, you know, really is kind of one of your top-tier type of signings or anything like that. It's definitely nothing that I really expected. It's one of those, you know, supposed to float under the radar, like we're going to make this signing kind of in the midst of another – other big signings and just kind of let it just float and hope that no one really notices or brings a ton of attention to it type of thing. But uh, I think that he'll be better than he was early in his career. And the QB situation is just tough right now. I mean, what direction would have been better? You know, it's not like to me, this draft class isn't outstanding for quarterbacks. In my opinion, I don't really look at any of the guys in this draft class and say, Hey, that's a sure thing. So when you have to get somebody back there, and you look at the options that are there, hey, maybe he is the best option. I mean, he's only 27. So I mean, he's fairly, fairly still young. Uh maybe they maybe they can fix him. They 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 that's what the that's what the franchise said. They can fix him. That's what they that's the statement that they made with that sign. We yeah. can fix, we can fix Mitchell Trubisky. So shout out to them. That's my girlfriend's headache. She's a Steelers fan. I don't got to deal with it. So whatever. Uh so we'll move on. Uh I think. Um, I had a couple of things on the docket. Uh, are y'all done with the NFL? All yeah, right. I think that's a wrap, man. We hit the carousel. That was the biggest news. So, yeah, let's get to the NBA. You know, LeBron made history. Speaking of history, uh, he's currently finds himself second of all time on the all-time NBA scoring list. He got, oh. a, lot left, he got a lot left in the tank. Uh, he's 37 in his age. Doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. Uh, he did it for the Lakers, and he did it in an actual losing effort, but he did it. Uh, we won last night. <laughs> we had a very impressive win uh, against the Cavs, but uh, he did it again. Who he did it against? <laughs> he did it against Cle- uh, oh, Wizards, huh? Nah, he, he did it against the Wizards. Wizards. Yeah, he yeah, did against sorry. the Wizards, which uh, we lost, but he uh, did it. Before you go too much further, Rob, we're not going to let Lowe's keep dropping these little subliminal things that have the listeners wondering why they thinking that LeBron is the GOAT because he's just dropping that casually in the background, wondering why they mind going. <laughs> we're not going to skip past that. Yeah, man, I, I done gave up on Lowe's. Lowe's is a lost cause at this point. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal for the game. Uh, it speaks to his greatness, first battle Hall of Famer. I mean, it, I mean, we sound like a, a record. You know, we say the same thing. He's great. Uh, we had to report it. Um, the Lakers found themselves right now uh, just kind of scraping to get into the playing game. I have to mention it. Uh, but let's talk about some of the hot teams in the NBA. Or, or y'all want to talk? Let, let me back up. I'm like, I'm trying to – I'm not. I'm going to give him his moment. Y'all have anything to say about – LeBron becoming second of all time on the scoring list. I mean, what else can you say about the guy, man? And he also not only becoming second all the time, he became the only guy that had 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10 assists. Like the only guy. He's in a he's in a conversation by himself. There's nobody else that did that. So just again, you know, hats off to the guy. 
You know, we look at what he's still doing and what he's how he's still jumping out the gym, dunked on Kevin Love last night. Like the dude is just really, really, I just really appreciate his game, you know. And you know, we talked about it, we did our rankings before. He, he you know, when he finished, I'm not saying now, but when he finished his game, he's he's the greatest of all time statistically. So that's my take. And uh it's not hot because it's the truth. Statistically <laughs> behind that, you got to make sure you add that statistically. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> a little disclaimer right there. But, yeah, you know, like you said, I mean, we, we've given LeBron all the praise. You know, he's had all the accolades, all that. You know, you got to recognize what he's done. Um, like even Brian Windhorse was saying, one thing that he will be able to stake his claim to is that nobody has been this good for this long. So, Bro. you know, when, when you mentioned that regard, you know, I got to give him credit and props for that. I do think that it was really interesting, too, when they were talking to him uh, recently or he was talking after the game with Cleveland, uh, him basically saying that he's literally having the time of his life right now, like that he's really enjoying himself. And, you know, a lot of people were maybe initially taken aback by, you know, the fact that you got a team that's you know, kind of 10 games under 500 right now, you know, not having the best season. How are you having the time of your life? But he just kind of really reflected on where he is in his life, where he is in his career, how he enjoys his family. And he's basically just saying, you know, I'm, I'm just enjoying it. I'm soaking it up right now. And, and what what more can you, you know, say? You know, I, I don't really think that you can, you know, dismiss that or say that something's wrong with him having those kind of feelings. So I thought that that was just kind of interesting, too, that that right after that big moment, he just said he's having the time of his life right now. Yeah, and I could see it. I mean, after years of being a distributor and, and saying he's a pass-first guy, uh, at this point in the season, he's finding himself having to be the scorer. He's having to be our anchor as the, for the Lakers. So I, I could see what, what that being fun could, could come into play there. Um, and I'm not mad at him saying it. Uh, he looks like he's having fun. Like you said, it was fun seeing him dunk on Kevin Love's head top last night. Um, he's been fun to watch, and uh, I'm enjoying his greatness, taking it one day at a time. Um, but let's talk about on the flip side. The 76ers is a little weird to me. Um, it seems like James Horton got up to a hot start initially when when the trade first happened but it seems like he slowed down um do y'all truly believe or is this premature to say that Harden's best days are behind him and I would say his best days was peak Houston probably the year I think the his his year before last before leaving uh do you think we've seen the last of that or what's going on with Harden you think is he not healthy no, no, I, I think the NBA is adjusting to James Harden. You know, we think about these new NBA rules that came out about the foul, the swipes, the thing. Those are, you can be, let's be honest, those were James Harden's new rules that were put in place. Those rules were put in place because he constantly manipulated the refs every game. His game was about getting to the free throw line. The thing that you see now is James Harden is not getting to the free throw line as much, so he's not having that big of impact on the game anymore. When he's not getting to the line, those shots, those threes aren't falling. You know, he's not as confident driving to the basket, and that's his game, taking the ball to the basket, getting his guys. Once he starts driving, um, drawing two defenders, he's kicking out, he's getting those assists up. So I think that's what changed in his game. The NBA adjusted with those new rules, and so you're, not, you're never going to get this Houston – uh, James Harden again. I think those days are gone. Um, he tried to be a uh, to contribute uh, to dish the ball out, you know. But I think you know he he got again be aggressive and 
you know, really get his fouls and, and stop trying to manipulate the reps, you know, and I think that's the biggest issue with him. Yeah, um, no, I, I do agree with you there. And, and I think that honestly, you know, maybe we have seen kind of the last of him having, you know, consecutive 50 point games and him running off months where, you know, he's able to average 40 points in a month or so. But I think that honestly, he's still a really effective player. Like we look at this year, him averaging 22, 10 and eight, like 22 points, 10 assists, eight rebounds. I mean, I think that he's still having a, a, a solid season. He's still having a heck of an impact. It may not come so much in him, you know, scoring and averaging the 36 plus that we saw him average before. But as Lowe's mentioned, I mean, you seeing those assist numbers being the double figures, being in double digits. And so um, I still think that he's, you know, an impactful player in the game. I think that honestly this year he has battled, you know, injuries and whether you can attribute that to maybe a little bit more age coming and all of that, but he has battled injuries. I still think that ultimately uh, when he has to get it done, he's still able to get it done in my opinion. So maybe we have seen the last of peak, peak James Harden, but I think that slightly lower than peak James Harden is still <laughs> a top tier player in the league. I don't know, man. What rises occasions to me is that James Harden has historically became small in big moments. It's, it's documented in, in his playoff runs with Houston, uh, and, you know, even even more recently, I know you could point to it. OK, this is a huge game. We're playing Brooklyn. I got traded away from Brooklyn. James Harden was nowhere to be found. You have a team in Philadelphia. If James Harden is not going to apply his scoring and be effective of an effective score as he has been in the past, this is not going to work. MB needs somebody that can give him that score. I get the Maxi deal and, and, and whatever, but Maxi at best on that team is a third. He's built to be a third guy, a fourth guy, at best third guy on a championship team. They really need Harden scoring. And um, I don't, you know, he I don't see it, you know, and I think Carlos made a good point about the officiating and how the game's called differently. But, man, Harden, man, he got to pick it up if this is going to work. That's the only way this is going to work. Uh, I mean, I, I slightly disagree with you there. I slightly disagree with you that he has to be scoring back to his days of his peak scoring days. Like, I, I don't really see it as that. I think that he can still be a guy. James Harden can give you 25 whenever he wants to give you 25. Is he giving you 25, 10, and, and giving you eight so of rebounds? I mean, I think that that's still super effective. You have a guy in Tobias Harris that really should still be able to give you 20 a game or at least 16 to 20 a game. You mentioned what Maxi is able to do as a fourth option. So when you got to me four guys that really on any given night can give you 20 and then you surround that with the other surrounding pieces, I really don't see it to the point that James Harden has to be that same 35 point per game. No, I'm not, like no, I'm not saying that, but I'm but, just saying as an effective, efficient score, he's going to have to be that. Yeah. And to your point about that, address the, how he shrinks in big moments, that's, documented yeah but yeah. i don't think that that's like different him now as opposed i know we said have we seen the best of james harden like the best of james harden did that too so i don't think that that's a change for him i think that right. that's the norm of who he is as james harden so i mean just watching his last few games i'm a little bit in agreement with rob on this you know i think in the aspect of, i think in the aspect of he needs to be more aggressive I think he's still trying to be that Brooklyn James Harden where he's trying to get everybody involved. 
You know, now I understand he's still averaging 22 and all that, I think. But again, when they played well early on, when he first got with the Sixers, he was aggressive. He was taking it to the hoop. I think these last few games, whether that's injury, you know, he has been sitting the game. He hasn't been as aggressive attacking the the basket. And so when you lose guys like Seth Curry, who was a, a shooter and a scorer for that team, obviously was in part of the trade, you have to, again, find other ways to get – you have to find other ways to put points up. It can't just be, oh, all right, let me dump it down to Joel Embiid. This is Joel Embiid team. Let me dump. That's not going to work when it comes against good teams in the playoffs. You know, it's going to come to a situation where they're going to double Joel, and he's going to have to be on nights that number one guy. And if he's going to be the number two guy, it's going to be like if we – I know that the comparison is there to Kobe and Shaq. It's never going to be that. But on nights, if they're going to even sniff that, he's going to have to be that number one guy. I haven't seen that yet for him. Joel is no no question 1A on that team, and he's never taken a backseat. And that's what I'm saying about James Hunt. He has to be more aggressive. I, I do agree with that to an extent. But what I would say, too, is I think that, honestly, they need to let him have the chance to let that hamstring recover. Like before, before last season when he kind of went down and started having those hamstring injuries with Brooklyn – like he looked like typical James Harden. And then we saw the hamstring and we saw what he was able to do in the postseason. He wasn't really himself. And I think that that has surfaced again. And I think that that's added into what we're seeing. I think that that's added into the lack of aggression. I think that's added into the lack of explosiveness. I really think that it's, it's partially that injury that's hampering him. Because like you said, in his first couple of games, you saw you know, you saw the potential there. You saw what he was able to do from a scoring standpoint. And, and you saw that a lot of people were like, man, this duo right here, this duo does look like they can go, you know, and it looks like they may have a chance to get to the final. So I think that honestly, too, the injury plays a lot into it. But, you know. I, I can see that, though, because, again, he's not as explosive and he's not attacking the basket as much. It can be, you know, the hamstring, the thing that that has made him miss games recently. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we shall see. Have y'all changed y'all little projections? Like, who's in the front running right now as the leaders uh, to take the title, uh, East and West? I got the Bucks still winning it all again this year. I got them going back to back years, and you know, and I probably switched. I had the Warriors right now. They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna be, uh, you know, coming in. They got a couple guys that's gonna be missing. I don't know what the chemistry is gonna be there enough enough to beat the Suns, man. The Suns have been playing well, even with the injuries. And so the Suns have something special over there. As much as I hate to say it, and I would love to them to get knocked out, just the Laker in me, they, but they got something special over there. Yeah, I, I think uh, I like the books as well. That's not a bad pick. Uh, but I, I still, I'm still with my Brooklyn thing. Like I, when Brooklyn's playing peak with Kyrie and KD and, you know, you got Bruce Brown, energy player, and you got all these guys, just I, Seth Curry. I, they look, I mean, I'm sold. The first time I saw them, just all these pieces together and what they can do when they're playing at their peak, and which I think when the postseason happens, they hopefully they figure out the vaccination thing and Kyrie's able to play every game. I don't see – it's going to be tough to – it's going to be a great series between the Bucs and, and Brooklyn. Then you still have the Sixers in the mix. Uh, as well. But on, on the West side, the Suns look great. I mean, Chris Paul hasn't played a ball in a month and they hadn't missed a step. They are a very deep team, a very well-constructed roster, and they're well-coached. 
So uh, I love the Suns on the west side. If I was to throw somebody out there, I'm still I'm still on that Nuggets train. If, if Murray's coming back, that Nuggets team can be very scary. Yeah, uh, I, I'm still I'm still with you. I'm still hanging on by a thread with Brooklyn. The only thing that scares me is that we have so many what ifs. Like we still have to figure out is does, yeah. does the Kyrie situation figure itself out? What we got to see now is Seth Curry going to be healthy. Is Ben Simmons with his back situation? Will he be healthy? Not a Kevin Durant is, is that he guy. slipped the big so, skin his back. Yeah, so I mean, like I, I believe in Kevin Durant, and so as you said, with them being whole, I don't believe that anybody in the league would beat Brooklyn. And Brooklyn whole, nobody in the league is stopping them. I'm still gonna hold firm to my pick since they've been my pick for the longest. I'm still gonna hold on to Brooklyn, but. As you mentioned, Milwaukee is that team that when everything is clicking, we know Giannis is is just ridiculous, one of the best we've ever seen, and he's playing at the highest clip that we've seen him play in his career. Uh, going over to the west side, y'all pretty much already covered it. You know, Golden State has been my pick for a while, but with the Steph Curry injury situation, that being up in the air, Draymond kind of back and forth from an injury standpoint, them seeing if Wiseman will be able to kind of get into the mix them maybe having to rely more on Clay Thompson than they really should be relying right now at this point. It's just really everything to me kind of got in flux with them with the Steph Curry injury. That's what really kind of got it in flux and he'll yeah. be back for the playoffs, but is he going to be, you know, 100% or not? So uh, like y'all said, Suns right there, they're over there as the favorite right now. I agree. I yeah. don't want to see them be the favorite, but I think they're the favorite over there in the world. So keep it like keep it here. We, we all like this fan. Would y'all like to see us in the playing tournaments and shut down for the rest of the year? So we might be we might be able to, you know, squeak in that playing tournament. Or do y'all want to just save it for next year? No, I would just like to see this team finish strong. You know, even if they make it to the playoffs and give a team a fight. I still want to see the Lakers finish strong. I would like to see Anthony Davis come back. I would like to see if this, if these big three can actually work as we go into this offseason, an important offseason, and decide what we're going to do with Russell Westbrook. You know, if we go into the offseason, anything short of the playoffs, we know what the answer is going to be. He's going Speaking to be of Russell Westbrook, he's been playing phenomenal the past three games. I don't Absolutely. know if you have seen him. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I don't know if he's, he's tapped into – March of last year when he was with Washington, but he's been playing excellent. For sure. Yeah, Knocking for down sure. threes, making good passes, right. his bank shot falling. I just don't yeah. know how that translates to him adjusting once AD comes back. Like, right. Like That's going to be the biggest question. Yeah, I feel like he is somewhat adjusted to kind of how we are currently constructed, and that's the, the question that I have. But so, No, you, you can go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say – What's important about that, too, is the Lakers also have been going big lately. And so, you know, in that aspect of starting Dwight, starting, um, I can't even think of the new transit, the new guy we just got. Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah. So bringing him in, those two guys starting and putting LeBron in his natural, like, point, small forward position. You know, he's actually been playing well with that lineup, too. So I can see Anthony Davis sliding into maybe Dwight's position and still him playing. It's just, again, obviously the white doesn't demand the ball and doesn't need to score. So that's the part about it is when he's dumping the ball down. Hopefully that can make the game easier for Westbrook, you know, the lobs and things like that. But we'll see, man. Hopefully Anthony Davis can come back. Yeah, right. AD's not giving a Zion future. update, some a Zion-type right. update for AD. We're just going to shut him down. 
Yes, sir. Well, I think we did it again, fellas. We're going to go ahead and wrap up. As I always say, make sure you follow us on O underscore Bench Warmer, Instagram and Twitter. And make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Leave a review. Share it with a friend. You know, the whole spill. We're going to go ahead and get on out of here. Hope that you enjoy your sports week. It's March Madness. Crazy, baby. Uh, Sweet 16 this weekend, women and men. So hope you enjoy. <laughs>